This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, so we're in Elul. We're in Elul. Said these already. And of course, uh, the subject tonight is Chaydish Elul and doing tshuva. So I decided to start learning the laws of tshuva because you just tell someone you have to do tshuva. Um, it's not enough. You have to tell them how to do tshuva. So we're going to talk about the, the special thing that God gave us that you could do something wrong and then you can go back into what you did and then you can change it, totally change something that, that's not humanly possible to go back in time. And, uh, and, and you know, they had a movie, something, I forgot what it was. They had this time machine. They went back in time. You can actually change what you did in the past. And therefore, tshuva was created before the world was created because the world is created with time. You can't go backwards in time. You can only go forwards in time. So God had to create this tshuva, had to be created before the world of time so that you could go backwards in time. But if we go forwards in time, I'd just like to let you know that Thursday, September 20th, Avina Malkenu Emir Hashem in New York, in Brooklyn College, Mr. Hara, Mr. Charlie Harari, Rabbi Eli Mansour, and myself. We're also... What? I think they have tickets already, yeah. Um, we're also going to have an Avina Malkenu in Yushalayim. If you happen to be in Eretz Yisrael, Erev Yom Kippur, which is Monday night, myself and Rabbi Kellerman... We'll be doing an Avinu Malkeinu in Yerushalayim. We're also doing it in Baltimore, the Sunday before Rosh Hashanah, in the five towns, in Muncie, in L.A., 9-11, and if you're in L.A., September 11th, and Miami, Mitzvah they're, they're working me. What? They're, they're advertising it already. I, I have no idea. I just, I, you get your tickets online? Why would anyone here be online, Chatz Shalom? What are you talking about? Okay. Um, if you happen to be online listening to a share, you should go to ornava.net, okay? Fine. All right. So, I w- I'd like to pick on certain things in, um, in this is the Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva. Before we do that, I'd like to talk a minute in, about Shira Shirim. I've been talking about this a lot. I'd like to give you a different look, a different, a different thought, which I think is very, very important for this month. So, I've been stuck on this Parak Hay the fifth chapter in, in Shir Hashirim, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, comes, Basi Lagani, Shem comes to his garden, Achaisi Kala, to see his sister, the bride, which is us. And it says, Ani Yishena. We say, I'm sleeping. Believe the air, but my heart is awake. So the way the Medrash explains and the Mephoshim explains means that the Jews are sleeping, but the heart of the Jews is God, and he's always awake. Kodaidi daifek. It's very deep what I'm going to tell you right now. The voice of my loved one, so each Jew, each one of us is saying, the voice of God is banging on my door. That I need to change, that I need to grow, I need to dress differently, I need to start listening to Jewish music, I need to get up to DVD, and of course Facebook, which I said I wouldn't mention tonight. Right? So, Hashem is banging on my, on my door. And what does Hashem say at the door? Who is it? Achoisi, he says, he calls us his sister, Rayoisi, my friend, Yonasi, my dove, Tamatsumi, my perfect one. Right? So he's banging on the door. And what do we answer? Pashatati is Kutainti, I took off my clothing, my spiritual clothing. You know, I came back from Israel from seminary. I was on fire. I was like, I'm going to be the most amazing person. But by the time I got off the plane and I got down to Bell Parkway, 
I took all that off already. That was gone, right? First movie was all gone, right? So we're telling Hashem, I hear you banging at the door, but I took off my clothing. I don't, I, I don't have the strength to put it back on again. It's very hard when you fly up in, in, in spirituality and then you lose it to get it back again. Trust me, I learned it from a diet. If you lose a lot of weight, right, and then you gain it back again, when you try to lose the weight the second time, it is so much harder. That's the way we're created. It's physically, your body physically doesn't lose it as fast, and mentally you just you just don't have that streak that like, I'm not eating a piece of cake like for nine months, right? But once you broke it the first time and you gain all that weight, it's very hard to diet again. Anything like that. You have, a, you, have, you have an addiction, a drug addiction, and you go to rehab, and you're excited, and you come out clean, and you're all excited. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be clean. And then you break down, three months or six months later. To get that guy back into rehab, to do it again, is a hundred times harder. Because you sort of failed, so you realize that you, 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 you had success, you lost, you lost 40 pounds, but now you gained them back. So your, your, your psyche has changed. Before you're like, I'm never ever going to gain that pound back. I'm going to even lose more. I'm never going to use drugs again. So you have this victorious psych. And then all of a sudden, you break. And you break down and you gain all that weight back. Or you start doing drugs again to get that psych like, I'm invincible. You are not invincible. Look what you did. You worked so hard. You starved. You ate cardboard. Right? You ate all that healthy stuff that has no sugar in it. And it's made out of, I don't know what, the tofu. Right? To get there, and then you got there, and now you lost, and you're like, I'm not doing this again, because you know what? Because I'm scared that I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to fail again. So you, you don't have that, you don't have that strength. This is what Shlomo Melech is saying, that we're telling Hashem that I was there, I, I was, I was spiritually on a high, but I, I I'm, I'm in bed. I, I, I lost it. However, I lost it. I lost it. So you want me to you want me to get dressed and get out of bed again? I can't. What do you mean? You were dressed. So if you got undressed, we're talking spiritually now. If you got undressed, so get dressed again. The answer is no. Once you get undressed, it's so much harder because you know that you, especially you know when I talk to girls who went to Israel. So you you come back after two years seminary and you're like, I'm marrying a guy who's going to learn for the rest of his life, and I'm going to support him, and I'm going to work like, and they're, they're like, and that's the only guy I want. Has to show me the guy that works. God forbid I should go out with a guy because and you're in this high and my filler was two hours and I went to Rabbi this and I went to this guy's share and to that guy's share and you come to back to America and you're so psyched, right? And then like a month later, it's gone. And you're going to less Shurim than the girl who didn't go to Israel. And you're davening less than the girl who didn't go to Israel. Why? Because you were on this high and then you got you, you fell down the mountain or you got thrown down the mountain and you're looking up at the mountain and you're saying... Why would I do this again? I'm just going to get to the top of the mountain, and three months from now, I'm going to fall down the mountain again. So I'm not doing it again. And that's what Shlomo Melech is saying over here. Hashem is knocking on the door, and He's telling us all these beautiful things. My sister, my dove, my perfect one, right? My loved one, right? And He's coming to the door, and He's saying, you know, Zechariah Wallenstein, I'm back, and I'm here. And I'm like, I know. I opened the door last time, you know, but I, but, but look at me now. I'm in my bed. I'm, I'm, I'm undressed spiritually. I'm, I can't get out of bed. I don't have that, that same look, that same invincible, right? So I'm not getting out of bed. Sorry. No can do, right? And we're, we're going to learn an interesting Ramam about this. Then, so we say, I already washed my feet. 
I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm clean. I don't want to get dirty again. All that work. Spirituality takes work. It doesn't just happen. People think it just happens, you know. I walk into shul and boom. It takes work. It takes a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of work. Last night I was talking to the boys about this and the boy was like, Rebbe, you have to teach me how to do it. To teach me how to look at myself. People don't like to look at themselves. How, do you, how you sit and you, you have to face your failures. And you can take your failures and you can turn them into victories. But if you don't face your failures and you keep burying the failures and all of a sudden you open that closet, everything comes crashing down on your head. So, so you, you have to face, how, how does, how does one climb a mountain, end up at the bottom of the mountain and go back up that mountain? Because you, you have to go inside yourself and say, just because last time the diet didn't work, just because last time my, I, I had all the spirituality and I lost it, does not mean the Yitzhah is telling you that, that's going to happen again. I have a friend that diets and diets and diets and diets, and he gains and he diets and he diets. Mamish, it's, it's like, he, he, and he got sick, not from the dieting, he got sick. And he had a heart problem, and his, from his, his eating the wrong things or whatever it is. And since then, it's a very long time, he's a stick. He lost weight, he rides a bicycle, he exercises, and before that, a hundred times, he was up and down and up and down. He watched this guy, it was up and down, it's crazy. He lose 50 pounds, he'd go on a watermelon only diet. Just eat watermelon. Ice cream, all these crazy diets, only eat ice cream, right? You're saying, wow, what a great diet. No, it's the most unhealthy thing that a person can do, right? You know, so, so, and now, he kept it off. And we were all like, eh, it's not gonna, you, you know, I was thinking to myself, we've been here before. No. Okay, he, he had a heart problem, so he got very scared, and the doctor, whatever, that, but that, but he could do it. He could do it. So, a person, just because you failed once, or you failed twice, or you failed three times, doesn't mean that you can't win at the end. And, you know, in sports, in sports we learn that. In, in, in the Olympics, you learn that also. That girl, I don't, I don't know what her name was, but she failed. And after she failed, she, the next thing she was, was on a team. In other words, she, she did the gymnastics and she tripped. It was America's great hope and she didn't get the gold, she didn't get anything. And then the next day, she was in with four other athletes in a, whatever, they had to handle, whatever it was. And then all the points were added together and they were like, oh my gosh, she's gonna ruin it for the whole American team. Because, how could, after that fall, and she was crying, and she was broken, and the coach was crying, and she was crying, and everybody was crying, and she failed her family, she failed the United States of America, right? How is she going to get up the next day and win a gold? How could you do that? And she did. And they asked her, like, we really thought that you're going to take down the whole team. And she said, what happened yesterday was yesterday. What happened today is today. I'm not taking what happened yesterday and, and carrying it into today. Over here... In Shirashirim, the person who's in that bed, who lost their spirituality, who came down in the summer, stuff that happened in the summer, or whatever happened, that person is saying, I'm not getting out of bed. I, I, I'm, I'm not doing this again. I'm not coming to the door again. And Hashem's banging, and He bangs on all our hearts, and special in Elul. And this month, He's banging, and, we, and we're thinking, and we want to change. He's banging at the door, and He's calling you all these beautiful things. And you're like, I can't give up movies. I, I can't give up internet. I can't give up my Facebook. I can't give up all these other things. I can't. I can't do it. Same as, same as in here. I can't get out of bed. I can't do this. And Chris Bokal keeps banging and banging on the door and saying, you could do it. Ah, you didn't do it last time. You, you went nine months without movies and now you're back into movies. So what? Like she said, that was yesterday. That happened yesterday. Now it's today. It's a different, it's a different day. That, that is tshuva. 
That is the basis of tshuva. But what's very beautiful in the Shira Shirim is, is something that Shlomo Melech said. And he said, I need Yeshena, I am sleeping, the Libi, but my heart is awake. What does that mean? So, I wondered if he was sleeping, then how did he know that God was knocking on the door? He says, I need Yeshena, I'm sleeping. God is knocking on the door, and I'm answering. If you're sleeping, you don't hear the person knock on the door, and you also don't answer. So what's going on? This story doesn't make any sense. What is Shlomo Melech saying here? And the answer is extremely deep. And the answer is that every person in this room, and every Jew, could be so off the derach, could be so far away from Judaism, could be totally sleeping. But Shlomo Melech says, don't think for one second that your soul doesn't hear God knocking on the door. Even, no matter how far you are, no matter where you are in your spirituality, and you, and you, you feel like, I'm sleeping. The answer is, you're, you are sleeping, but you, Libby, your heart, your soul is awake. There's no Jewish soul that can be killed. You can't kill a soul. Even in the next world, they drop, they drop it in the fire to, to clean it. The fire can't destroy the soul. Nothing can destroy a soul. Because a soul is part of God. And God is indestructible. So nothing can destroy a soul. So what Shlomo Melech is telling you, you think that you can't change. I'm so far gone. No, says Shlomo Melech. Your heart is not far gone. Your soul is still awake. You physically might be sleeping. You may not be interested in Yiddishkeit at all. But you need to know that your soul at all times is awake. And if God knocks on the door, it hears God knocking on the door. And there's a discussion. It's sort of, I'm in bed and I can't, I can't get changed. He didn't just like not answer the door. It's a very big point in this, in this relationship. He's sleeping, he's in bed, he doesn't want to put on his clothing, he doesn't want to put on his shoes, but he's, he's saying to Hashem that I can't, I can't get out of bed. So he's sleeping, but the Neshama is always talking. That's why when we dive in, we shake, the Neshama is always talking. So every person, when he comes into Elul, and it's Ani Ladaidi Ladaidi Li, needs to know, that no matter how far off you are, no matter how many Averis you did, Yitzhah tells you, ugh, you're such a miserable person, you did so many Averis, there's no way that you're going to have a good judgment on your Kippur. So you might as well just party. I mean, you might as well have a good time. And then to the good people, he says, you're so good. If you do a little Avera, eh, it's not going to change your life. He plays both sides of the, both sides of the game. So everyone needs to know what, what it says in Shirashim, you need to know, no matter how far off you are, did you still connect it to God? And there's a story that I heard this week. It's a very beautiful story and a very, very deep understanding of our relationship with Akash Baruch So there's this woman, and they're waiting for a bus to go from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv. And she has this little infant in her hands. And she gets onto the bus with all these people, with this little infant in her hands. Now, I don't know if you've ever been with an egghead bus driver in Israel... It's a little bit of a trip, right? Going from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv, you know, around the turns in the, in the mountains, like you're half off, the, half off the mountain, right? It's a lot of fun. They're, they're all passing each other, and they're just missing each other. So everyone on the bus is like, you know, whoa, whoa, slow down. You know, and they see all this stuff that's going on, right? And this kid is in his mother's arm, snoring away. Little baby, right? So an hour later, they all get off the bus. So here's the question. The baby traveled from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv, but at the same time, the baby didn't travel at all. 
Because at all times, the baby was in the mother's arms. So even though the bus traveled from Yerushalayim, it moved, the baby moved from Yerushalayim to Tel Aviv, but actually, it didn't move at all. Because at all times, it was in its mother's hands. So a great rabbi got up, he said something very deep. There's a, a passage that says, Hashek al Hashem Throw God your packages, your problems, and he'll handle it. So there's a famous story, this guy's walking and he's got this big pack on his back, and, and it's raining and it's stormy and he's got 40 pounds on his back, his back is breaking, and all of a sudden this, this carriage stops, this wagon, says, come, hop on. He hops on, and he's sitting there with that big thing on his back, and the person who's running the wagon says to him, why don't you take that off and put it on the floor? He's like, listen, you were nice enough to take me, you don't have to take my packages. <laughs> He says, what are you talking about? The package is on your back. So if I take you, I'm taking your packages. So says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem says, if I'm giving you life, and I'm carrying you, and I'm carrying you on my back, so take your packages, take your stuff, I'm carrying you anyway, because you wouldn't be alive if I'm not carrying you. Take your stuff, and, 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 and give it to me. So he says like this. He says, if a person feels... That Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that they're in God's hands, and He's carrying you through life. Then, really, from the day you're born to the day you die, even though you moved, what a, what a crazy thought! Even though you moved through life from birth to 120, you really didn't move at all, because at all times you were in your mommy's hands. So to say you were in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's hands. So what happens? How does that save you? Because everybody else, right? Every time the bus lurched. They were like, oh my gosh, right? They had, they, they had butterflies in the stomach. If they're going to make it, if they're not going to make it, they said, so they're 800 times, right? They're calling this guy's Meshuggah, whatever it is, and, they, and then there's a guy on the bus they're a little bit scared of. He looks like an Arab. Maybe he's going to blow up the bus, and you're scared about this, and you're tense about that, and you got... But the baby, he doesn't even know. His mother got off the bus or on the bus. He doesn't know about no Arabs on the bus. He doesn't know about no sharp turns, because he's in his mother's hands, and he's sleeping... So he explains that if, it depends where you're sleeping. When he says, I need Yeshena, I am sleeping, and I'm in my bed, and I can't get dressed, and I can't get out of my bed and put on my shoes, that's when you're living outside of God's hands. So then, you got a bunch of stuff going on, and you're like, I can't do this, I'm not making enough money, I didn't find a shidduch, I got this problem, I got that problem, I don't feel well, you got all these problems, it's very hard. She says, but I need Yeshena if I'm sleeping in Hashem's hands. If I'm that, that baby in, in the mother's hands, life is very, very different. And that's why it's Sadiqim who gives them... Amuna is not a bad thing. Amuna is the best thing. I just told someone yesterday, I would never want God's job. There's some people that would love to have God's job. I'd love to be God, right? I run the world. I'm like, no way. I don't want his job, believe it or not. And sometimes I feel very bad for him. Because when people are doing great, they're like, huh, you see see what kind of investment I made? You see how smart I am? You see how well I'm doing in school? It's all them. The minute something's wrong, Hashem, why are you doing this to me? You ruined my business. You ruined my family. Why are you doing this to me? What did I do to deserve this? What's good, you take credit. What's bad, he gets blamed for a miserable job. And that's why there's only one God. Nobody else wants that job. One I could have worked in the world. We never give him credit for anything. We just crutch when there's something wrong. And Hashem says, I am willing to carry you through life. And he loves us so much that he created this amazing thing called Teshuvah.
Let me tell you what Teshuvah is. So you understand what a present he gave us before he created the world. I as a kid, I tell the story very often, so I liked Cracker Jacks because they had a toy in them, they had a prize in them, but they were not kosher. Actually, nothing was kosher in those days because there was no OU. There was no, so you looked at the ingredients. If the ingredients look kosher, right? But we were taught that's not good enough to just look at the ingredients. So I was this cute kid, whatever, and I used to sneak into the store, and I liked the popcorn and the caramel, and I liked the peanuts, and I loved the prize. And uh, I went into a store one day, and I couldn't control myself, and I bought a box of Cracker Jacks. And it wasn't kosher at that time. Now it's kosher. I don't know if they changed the ingredients. Maybe it was kosher, but I didn't think it was kosher. And I forgot about it. Big deal. A box of Cracker Jacks. A few years ago, I'm in my late 40s, right? I'm not really thinking on your kipper about Cracker Jacks. I got other stuff to think about that I need to do chuvon. And for some reason, I'm in Eric's throw, and the Cracker Jacks come up. And I never did chuvon those Cracker Jacks. So I'm like, God... Listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. Had I been in the relationship that I have with you now, when I was 13, there's no way I would have eaten those Cracker Jacks. I really am sorry that I didn't control myself. And I promise I'll never eat Cracker Jacks again. Besides that, my doctor would never let me, but I'll never eat Cracker Jacks again. And I really feel bad. There's so much food I could have bought. I really feel bad that I did. I hope you're my chumi. I never asked you mechila all these years because I didn't think about it. I hope you're my chumi for eating those Cracker Jacks. Now let me tell you what happens in Shemayim. I really meant that it was a real, a real tshuva means that I feel bad that I didn't have Vera to the one that loves me. That, that's, that's real tshuva. Real tshuva is like when you hurt somebody that loves you, right? It's not just the, the hurt. It's like, how did I hurt somebody like this? Somebody that does all this to me. That in itself is a very big wrong. And that in itself, should, you should feel pain about. This person gives me everything, and I'm a kafwe tov, and I'm, and I'm yelling at them. How can I do that to somebody like that? Right? So, that's real tshuva. Real tshuva is, how did I do this to God? He gave me life, he gave me eyesight, he gave me, I can hear, he lets me eat a lot of, any fruit, any vegetable, there's a lot of kosher pizza. How could I do something like this to the God that gives me all that? That's real tshuva. That's real. You gave me time, you gave me life, and I spent... 900 hours this year on movies? How could I do that to you, Hashem? When there were so many people that needed so much help, I could have changed the world. And I spent it on movies? So it's not just that the movies are wrong. It's that you gave me something and I abused it, which is life. And that's what bothers me. So I did this too. And now let me tell you what happens after 120 years. So after 120 years, they show a movie of all of us, of everything that we did. It's a question if they invite people, they don't invite people to watch the movie with you. I, I saw once that they do, the people that are close, but I can't believe that because we're not allowed to, be, we're not allowed to embarrass anybody, so why would they, they're not allowed to embarrass you up there. But let's say you're watching the movie yourself, and the Yetzirah is there, and now they're going through everything you did, and each of them is put on a scale, right? So July 10th at 11 o'clock, they got me walking, I'm 13 and a half years old, they got me walking into the store where I buy the Cracker Jacks. And the Yitzhahara is sitting there and he's like, <laughs> Wallerstein with all your shirim, you never did tshuva. Or did you? He doesn't know, right? So, I see myself walking to the store and saying, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. They're going to see me in that Cracker Jacks and how I ate it and I was looking at, oh, how much I enjoyed it. Oy I walk into the store, the Yitzhahara is like, yeah, 
we're going to zoom in on them. And they zoom in on me. I'm walking into the store, and I make a left, and I make a right, and there they are, the Cracker Jacks. And the Yitzhah is like, yes, we got them. He didn't do tshuva. And I walk right past them. And there's a whole rack of Reisman chocolate cakes, little chocolate cakes. <laughs> and I walk over to the Reisman chocolate cakes, and I take one of them. And the Yitzhah is like, huh? This is MS. This world is truth. He did not buy a Reisman cake. And he's jumping up and down screaming, Cracker Jacks! And the Yates of Tive, the guy that's for me, right? He's like, Reisman cakes! And they're both fighting. Cracker Jacks! Reisman cakes! Watch! Watch the movie! And I open it up, and I'm like, Baruch HaTor Hashem Mine! The most kavanadika bracha I ever made. And I bite into it. And the Yates of is like, this didn't happen. And then I make an alamichya. And I say goodbye to the store owner and I walk out. And the Yitzhara says to Hashem, I understand. This is a lie. You, this world is MS. And Hashem says, no, it's not a lie. What do you mean? Did you eat the Cracker Jacks or not? I did eat the Cracker Jacks. So how could they play a movie where meeting Wiseman's case? But where'd they get the actor? Right? Where'd they get the Wiseman case? Like, where'd they get this whole story from? And the answer is unbelievable, says the Rambam. When I did tshuva, and I felt bad that I did something to God, and I did this Avera, I went back in time to that moment. And because I did tshuva, that moment no longer exists, says the Rambam. It doesn't exist. That whilst he went, I actually took an eraser, and erased it. Now, if you do tshuva miyira, because I'm scared they're going to... I'm going to be on the barbecue pit, you know, in Gehenna. I don't want to burn. So then, they just erase it. So you'll see me walking into a store, and you'll see the film go blank. And like, everyone's like, he did something wrong. We're never going to know what he did wrong. But why is that film blank? He ate something he wasn't supposed to. So when you do a Meyira, they erase the Avera. When you do a Me'ahava, when you do it because you love Hashem, then they replace the Avera with a Mitzvah. Who does that for anyone in this world? Who forgives someone so much that the hurt that they did to them, they created to like, thank you, it was amazing. It doesn't hurt, it was, it was a kiss, not a smack. What do you mean, I smacked you, what do you mean it was a kiss? No, it was a kiss. That is the crazy power of tshuva. And Hashem gives us this present. And He says, you can erase, this is crazy, you can erase anything you ever did wrong in your life. And we, we don't use this present. We get punished. Chavot Chaim says, you're going to get punished more for not using tshuva than for the very that you did. Because the king is coming to you and saying, here, erase it. I'm giving you the eraser. And you're like throwing it back to him. No, I don't want to. I did a sin to you and I'm keeping it. That is the month that we're in right now. That's that ni l'daydi l'daydi li. I am to Hashem and Hashem is to me. Why does it say Hashem is to me and I am to Hashem? Because you have to do, if you do tshuva, if you ask for forgiveness, and it comes from a place of love, that udaydi li, my loved one, because Bokhul is going to take that Aveira, no matter how bad that Aveira is, no matter what you're doing. I don't know, Wallstein cut school, and he went to a baseball game, whatever it is, and, and, and I did tshuva for lying and cutting, all of a sudden you see me walking to the base of what do you mean he went to the base matters? He didn't go to the base matters. And the answer is, I went back, I erased what happened, and my machshava in the next world, thought process, 
Machshava Kemaisa. So my Machshava is, I'm sorry for eating Cracker Jacks. I should have eaten something kosher. And I could have made a bracha. So guess what happens? My Machshava creates me going into the store, eating something kosher, and making a bracha. And it's not that God is lying. That becomes the MS. That's the power of a machshava, of a thought. In the other world, there's no maisa, there's no action. It's thought process, it's all thought. That's the present that God gave us, the present of tshuva, and, and we waste it. There's a story about a king, um, and he had three very close friends. And they were very jealous of these friends. All the other officers and ministers were very jealous of these friends. So they were always trying to get the king to hate these three guys. The king loved them. One night, these three friends got drunk. And they went into the king's treasury. And they stole from the king's treasury money. And these people who hated them found out about it. And they came in front of the king. And they said, you know the three guys that are your best friends that you think are so loyal... Yesterday they went into your treasury and they stole money. You have to arrest them and you have to hang them. So the king said, okay, why are you telling me tell the police and arrest them? Meanwhile, these were his three best friends and he knew that they got drunk. But what is he going to do? If, if he's going to allow them to get away with this, everybody's going to steal from his treasury. So he tells his son, run to their houses before the police get there and tell them to take the money that they stole, throw it in the river, so that the police don't find them with the evidence. So this kid runs and he tells all three friends, the king said, get, he knows what happened, he knows you were drunk, he forgives you, get the money and throw it into the river. Okay? So the police capture them and they bring him in front of the king. And the king says, so they told me that you stole money from me, empty out your pockets. First guy emptied out his pockets, they're all empty. He turns to them and says, you see, you made it up. I knew they would never steal from me. Second guy empty out his pockets. It's empty. He says, you see? They made it up. I knew you wouldn't steal from me. Third guy empty out his pockets. All the gold coins that he stole from the treasury. So the king says, off with his head. And he turns to the king and he says, off with my head? I'm, 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 your, I'm your closest friend. Why would you do that? He says, you're my closest friend? I went ahead and I sent you my son to empty out your pockets. If you didn't feel that you had to empty out your pockets, you stole from me again. It means you didn't care. So when you were drunk, forgive you, you were drunk. But now you weren't drunk. Why didn't you throw it into the river? You didn't want to throw it into the river? So you actually stole from me now more than you stole last time. Because last time you were drunk. So listen carefully, everybody. The lesson of the night before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So when you do an Avera, the Torah tells us when you do a sin, the only reason you did a sin is by what? Ruach Shtus. You at that moment when you did the sin, you're an idiot. You, this strange ruach took over your, your body. So Hashem understands something that you, you didn't have error. Ruach Shtus. But if you don't do tshuva, if you don't do tshuva, what's your excuse? That's not a ruach shtus. So you knew you did the Avera when you were drunk. You knew you stole from the king's treasury when you were drunk. Now I'm giving you a chance to empty out your pockets to get rid of the Avera. And you are coming to me, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, with the same Avera and you're not emptying out your pockets. Guess what? Now you're more chayev because you didn't do tshuva than when you did the Avera. That is very heavy. So a person who comes to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, 
and doesn't use the power of tshuva, you're doing worse than what you did the Averi. Because the Averi can say, I wasn't thinking, I had a taiva. I had this lust to do the sin. What, what's your taiva? Not to do tshuva. So when a person doesn't do tshuva, a whole Elul, a whole Rosh Hashanah, a whole Aser to make tshuva, and a whole Yom Kippur, he's in deeper trouble for not doing tshuva than for doing the Averi in the first part. So he's giving us 40 days, everybody, to do tshuva. We have to sit at the edge of our bed, take one, one Avera that you did this year, and do tshuva on it. One at a time. I'm sure nobody here did more than 40 Averas. For sure. So by Yom Kippur, you're done. You can do two Averas tonight. But if you don't do tshuva, then you're talking Machaya bin Afshay. You're in worse shape than when you did the Avera. So I want to end with a very interesting thought. The Rambam says, I'm not going to get a chance to learn the halachas, so maybe we'll do it next time. The Rambam says the following, that to really do, to really do tshuva, you have to be in the same position that when you did the Avera. Same place, same position, same everything, when you did the Avera. So in the Sefer Gulgulim, person comes back to, be, to do a tikkun and to fix himself. So it says that you will be in the same position. The Avera that you came back for, you will be in the same position, same frame of mind, and the way to do the tikkun is, this time you have to beat it. Last time you lost, this time you have to beat it. You have to be in the same everything. So if Shimshim Pinkus speaks about this, and he says, let's say a person went to a church, and he got baptized last time, right? He totally went off Judaism, became a Christian, he got baptized. Now he's coming back to this world to fix it. He's got to go back to a church. How could you put him back in a church and expect something good to happen? How's he going to fix it? You're putting him back in the church. How's this man going to fix what he did last time? He's already put back in a bad place. He said something very fascinating. And it's very important. He said, there are many reasons you could be back in a church. They look at, they look at your life and the way you live you're going to be back in a church. But why you're back in a church is by the way that you're living your life. So, if the guy is doing out various his whole life, so he's going to be back in a church, and he's going to get baptized again, and he's going to go off to Derech, and he's going to end up coming back again and again until he fixes it. What if a guy's living his life? He's a regular guy, but he had an addiction. He did, he, he did some alcohol. So now he's going to end up back in a church in AA, because AA meets in a church. When I was just married, there was a comedy act called Chicago City Limits. Chicago City Limits was an off-Broadway comedy act that was in Manhattan, in the basement of a church. How do I know? Because I remember when the guys were going, I asked the rabbi, am I allowed to go to a church? Are they allowed to go to a church? Whatever. And it's the basement. It's not where they pray. Whatever. I didn't end up going, Baruch Hashem. But my friends went. So you might end up on a Saturday night in Chicago City Limits. Were you misogyned? Did you fix what happened last time? No! Going to a comedy in the church didn't fix what you did last time in the church. Getting baptized in the church didn't fix what happened last time. And going to AA didn't fix what happened last time. But if you were a guy that was working with kids, or you were a cult breaker, that you were working for Hashem to bring Jews closer and to take Jews away from all these places, then you're going to end up going into a church to get a Jewish kid out of that church. So you're going to end up in the church, but the reason that you're in the church 
is to do a mitzvah, is to save a kid. Why you're not in AA? Why aren't you at Chicago City Limit? Because your life, your life, is you don't have Bechira. You're going to end up in a church. That is not Bechira. That is programmed into your soul. Because you have to do a Tikkun. But why you're going to be in a church, that is up to how you live your life. Why you're going to be, there could be a Gzairah Chas Shalom on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that you are going to be in an ambulance on June 23rd at 11 o'clock at night, and your good Malach cannot break that Gzairah. And the Gzairah is signed by God. You will be in an ambulance. That's not good. But, you happen to be a neighbor... And your whole life you're doing chesed. So you're going to end up in the ambulance with the kid from the neighborhood. Because her mother is not there. And you're going to be playing out her mother that night. And you're going to be in the hospital. Or you're going to be a Hatzalah member. So because you're a Hatzalah member, you're doing chesed. So you're talking going to be in the ambulance. And the Xavier is going to be kept. But you're going to be in the ambulance with someone else. And on top of being there for someone else, you're going to get a mitzvah for being in the ambulance. So the Xerah, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, was you were going to be in the ambulance, and you're going to be very sick, and it's going to be very tragic. But because of the way you live your life, because you're a Baal Chesed, so, they, so Hashem, Hashem can't change Xerah. I mean, you can change anything, but M, the MS, the, the Midas Hadin, will not change Xerah. She is going to be in an ambulance on that June night. We're not changing that. But Hashem can change why you're in the ambulance, because that's still Din, that's still, that's still MS. So the more, the more good that you do, even if chas v'sham is bad, where you're going to be at that point, or, or you're going to cry for yourself, or you're going to cry for someone else. So if you cry for other people, and you say Tehillim, and you pray for other people, and you cry when you hear that someone is sick, or someone is not married, or someone is not having children, and you sit there by your Shabbos candles, and you cry. So even though it says that on June 23rd, you're going to cry, you're going to be crying for somebody else. Not for yourself, because nothing's going to be wrong with you. You're going to be crying for someone else. And on top of that, you're going to get a mitzvah for crying for somebody else. That is up to all of us. Where we're going to end up to, to do our tikkun, you got no choice. It's in your program. But why you're in that place is up to you. That's the Ben Olma Chavero. That's, that's what Elo stands for. Ben Olma Chavero. There's three things in Elo. There's been Adam Lamakum between us and Hashem. There's between us and another person. And there's between us and ourselves. The relationship, which do you work on first? Somebody asked me last night. Between you and God? Between you and your friend? Or between you and yourself? You work on between you and yourself. Because if there's no me, there's no relationship. If there's no between me and God, there's just between and God, then that's not a relationship. So the first thing you have to work on in Elo is the Ani Ladaidi, is, is who I am. And, and you have to walk out of here tonight and sit at the edge of your bed and say, This is crazy, Hashem! I could go back in time. Tonight I'm picking when I was 16. Tonight I'm picking when I was 17. Remember that Avera I did? I admit that I did Avera, Hashem, I can't believe I did this to you. I want to go back and I want to change. I want to rewrite my movie. And you have that power. And if you don't, then it's worse than what you did in the first place. Because you had a chance to take the coins out of your pocket. And if you don't, that means you really don't care about the king. He cares about you. He tells you to do tshuva. He sends you the message like the boy. Empty out the pocket. He cares about you. He's saying, I'm not punishing you. Just, just throw it into the water. Get rid of it. And you come, my pockets are full. I don't care. I'm not throwing anything in the water. So not doing tshuva is a very bad thing.
because he's giving us this crazy present that, that and I'm going to think about it tonight when I go home. I'm going to go back, forget the Cracker Jacks, I got all the stuff, and I'm going to pick something, and I'm like, I want to change, I want to change this. I can't believe I did this, and I want to change my whole movie. I, I want the Dieter is going to come up to you and say, who, who doctored up his, his movie? Who changed his whole movie? And you could, another thing, I could give Shiram, and I could do mitzvahs, and I could change everybody's lives, and I could have a million good malachim up there. But I'm still going to pay for the bad stuff I did. You need to know that. There's a, there's a general judgment where they put your good stuff on one side and your bad stuff on the other side, but there's also a prati, a, a detailed judgment. And you have to pay for every avera that you did. So you could have a billion mitzvahs, you could have saved a billion people, but if you ate Cracker Jacks, that avera doesn't go away. So if you save people, the Cracker Jacks don't disappear. I'm giving just Cracker Jacks. So you have to know that, oh, listen, I, I'm very sure of myself that I'm going to win when they put on both sides of the scale. The answer is, you're going to win the big picture, but you're going to pay for every avera that you did. You gotta get rid of all those. You gotta, you know, if you have one spot on your, on your, on your, on your tie, you're not wearing that tie. Oh, but the rest of the tie is clean, right? The answer is a spot on the tie, you can't wear the tie. Spot on your shirt. But the rest of my shirt's clean, doesn't make a difference. So, we have to understand that when we go into Elul, we go into Roshani of Kippur, you may be, you all might, I'm sure you're all Tzidkanias and you did a crazy amount of mitzvahs and on the scale, you're gonna win the scale part. But the Avera doesn't go away. A mitzvah doesn't cancel an Avera. The only thing that cancels a sin is teshuva. The only thing that takes the bad stuff off your scale is teshuva, nothing else. And it's probably the least practiced thing by all of us. Because the Yetzirah, he beat you already. He won. You have the Avera. He, he doesn't want you to take that back. So you're going to sit there at night, you're going to get a phone call, your head's going to go somewhere else, you're not going to feel well, you're going to fall asleep, right? We, we get so tired on Yom Kippur. We get so tired on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah says you're not allowed to sleep during the day, right? Everyone's very worried. Everyone all of a sudden becomes very from because it's a skula. If you sleep during the day, your mazel sleeps a whole year. So you see people, people walking around like, oh, didn't fall asleep for a minute because I want my mazel to work, work a whole day. Right? Also, Rosh Hashanah, you're dead tired. Were you dead tired today? You went to work, you went to school. Right? Right, Wolfstein's talking till 11 o'clock. You're still not dead tired. Right? Rosh Hashanah, it's like right after, Sha- right after Musaf, 2 o'clock. It's like, oh, okay. Wolfstein, could I like learn on the bed and like sort of fall asleep? Does that count? Right? All of a sudden you're dead tired. Because the Yitzhahara doesn't want you to do tshuva. He won. He got you already. He got your money. He got your soul. He doesn't want you to get it back. The only weapon we have is tshuva. You can do a million mitzvahs. That Vera is still there. Get this in your head. That Veira is still there. The only way to get rid of an Aveira is, is the Ramam says, is the three things. Number one, I admit that I did something wrong. Right? A drug addict doesn't go to get help until he realizes he's a drug addict. The worst thing is a person, and I deal with a lot of people like this, who are like, I'm not addicted, so then why can't you stop? I don't want to. When I want to stop, all I can stop. Right? We get this in every aspect of life. If I want to stop, I need to talk to boys. I don't need to talk to boys. So then why don't you stop talking to boys? I don't want to. I don't want to. So then you're addicted. So the, the first thing is, the person has to admit, I have a problem. Any person who goes to rehab because their mother sent them, or their brother sent them, or somebody sent them, it doesn't work. Because that person doesn't think, my mother thinks I have a problem. Really? I hear this all the time. It's my mother's problem. She's got the problem. She suspects everything. 
She's all over me. She's the crazy one. I hear this all the time. I'm not the crazy one. She's the crazy one. You just crashed your father's car, right? You were high like a kite. Two weeks ago, you crashed your mother. That's, that, that's just, you know, that's not, that happens. My mother's crazy. My father's crazy. Sending me here. The first thing a person has to know is, I am addicted. Now we got a great, we got a great chance of helping him. So Vidoy is saying, I did the Avera. Not, uh, it's not really an Avera. I don't know. It's a Dirabanan. It's the newest thing. Show it to me in the Torah, Rabbi. Where does it say it in the Torah? Well, it's in a Gemara. No, that's the Rabbanon. I don't keep Rabbanons, right? So that person's not ready to, not ready to straighten themselves out. They're not ready to grow. So the first thing is Vidoy. I, Zechai Wallstein, walked into a store. I knew you didn't want me to eat those Cracker Jacks Hashem. I really didn't care what you thought. I wanted the Cracker Jacks. That's a Vidoy. So I know where I'm at. Not like, well, I was very hungry, Hashem. It was your fault because the store didn't sell any kosher food. So you know, and I looked in the ingredients... Man, did you do something wrong? I did something wrong. So the first thing is the vidur. The second thing is hashava. Is it feeling bad that you did the thing wrong? Not like, I ate Cracker Jacks! Oh, what does that have to do with you, God? No, that's not tshuva. First thing is I ate Cracker Jacks. The second thing is, I cannot believe there was so much kosher food in that store and I ate Cracker Jacks. The one thing in the store that you did not want me to eat. So that's charata. Hashava means I won't do it again. Now, you have to mean that. But that doesn't make any sense. Because every year, on Yom Kippur, we stand there. That I spoke Lashon Hara. That I didn't have respect. One second, you just said that last year. Now, if real tshuva means you're not going to do it again, it means we should say Al-Khayt, you shouldn't say it again. And the answer is that when you say that Al-Khayt on Yom Kippur, you really mean, I am not going to do this again. It happens to be that you break down three months later, but you really think, I might make it through this year without talking Lashon Hara. You have to really mean it. So you have to admit it, you have to feel bad about it, and you have to accept on yourself, I will do everything in my power not to do this again. And I'm doing this not because I'm scared of Gehenna, I'm scared I'm not going to get a Shidduch. Hashem, I love you. You give me life. You give me potential. You give me a chance to be in a beautiful world. And I cannot believe that the few things you asked me not to do, I took the needle and I stuck it in your eye. And that's why I'm doing tshuva. The person who does that tshuva, everything on the dark side of the scale turns into mitzvahs. And then you have a, a good ashana taiva and a ksilachsima taiva, and together with, with God's class role, we're going to bring Mashiach. But you have to do tshuva. Because if you don't, you're actually slapping a kajbarchu in the face. Yes. Questions? Yeah. A lot of things. Like, I know where I should be. Okay. I've got the Chavata. I've got the knowledge. I'm, I'm not defiant. I'm, I'm not at the level where I can go to that yet. So then you... I, they didn't all hear your questions, but she, she feels, you feel bad about it. You're not defiant. You're not rebelling. Right? It's not about rebellion. But you don't feel that you're on that level. That it's coming from a loving place. No, no. So w- what level of what? Then you didn't do tshuva. Then you don't. Then then you didn't connect with the ani. You have to connect with yourself to realize that it's a bad thing. The bottom line is the bottom line is God gave us God gave us six hundred and thirteen commandments. Right? He asked us to do six hundred thirteen things. Right? That's what he asked. Most of those things you don't have to do. 
you're a woman and there's no base amigdash and there's no kabanas. So you probably, we probably now probably mitzvahs that are in, in you don't own a field, you don't have to give bikurim, right? All this stuff you don't have. You probably have 200 mitzvahs, maybe 250, right? That, that you have to do with, that have to do with your life. He's, he's giving you 250, he's giving you 80 years, 90 years. He's giving you food, smelling, tasting, flour, all this stuff. And he's saying, these 250 things, for you, for your good, it's the manual for the car. Now, how am I going ahead and doing this to my car? Taking a, a, a screwdriver and plunging it into my tire. So, yes, that's what I was trying to say. You first have to work on yourself. Forget the Avera, forget what you did to Hashem. You have to work on yourself and understand, why doesn't it bother me? Why can't I change? And, and you need to learn. You need to take Messias Yisharim. You need to take Chavis Halavavavos. You need to take uh, Rabbi Dessler. You need to take books. You need to learn what you did wrong. Why it should bother you. One step at a time. One step at a time. 100%. Like, One step at a time. The Yetzirah, Yetzirah likes to burn us out. He gets us to do this, 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 this. I know how many kids in seminary and boys in yeshiva, they just, they just went and went until the whole candle just burnt out. That's part of his power. He tries that on me also. Don't sleep. Talk to people. Work hard, work hard till you finish, till you crack up, till your body just falls apart. And, and that's, so you have to know, you have to know, again, I, I don't want to talk one-on-one. It's not fair to everyone else. The bottom line is, all you're questioning is the ani. You have to learn about yourself. And if there's an ani, then everything opens up to you. How to love how to do tshuva, how to have a relationship. If you don't know yourself, you can't have a marriage, you can't relate to kids, you can't relate to yourself, you can't relate to Hashem, you're just not in a good place. And, 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 and the power of today is, right, we go pay big therapists to find out who we are, right? And, they, and, and, and some, most of, a lot of times they don't find out who we are, right? You need to find out who you are. You need to spend time with yourself. And that means you need to spend less time with everybody else and with everything else. Next week, I'm not going to be here Wednesday night. I'm telling you that I'm not going to be here Wednesday night. I'm going away with my wife for four days. Probably the busiest week for me because I have five schools opening up. And I said, if I don't go away, right, and I'm going to spe- do seven of volcanoes around the world, and, I, and, and I'm opening five schools, and I don't go for four days away from the world, you cannot reach me, and I don't take care of myself, I'm going to crack. If I'm going to crack, I'm not going to be valuable to anybody else. Each person here, right, doesn't matter whether you're as busy me as, as I am or not, you need time for yourself. And he sells it to you, oh, you're being selfish! And No. No, you're not being selfish. Because if you're not healthy, a, a couple that has no water cannot give water. The Chaybahem, the Torah says, you must take care of yourself. It's a mitzvah to take care of yourself. And how does that happen? The Ani. You need to get in touch with the Ani. And if there's Ani Ladaidi, there's an Adaidi Lee. Am I hinting everyone not to call me next week? Nah, that's not what I'm hinting. But, but truthfully, it's very hard for me, it's crazy for me to walk out of everything for four days and go away. For me, it's like, when I know there's so much, and, I, and my wife, Baruch Hashem, I have a good wife, she said, if you don't, take off four days next week, you will be worthless for the rest of the year. You have to take care of yourself. That comes before anybody else. You should have Hatzlacha, you should have a Ksiva Siva Taiva and a good Gebench job. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com